hey, listen, oh, um, I, I, I'm excited to be here, uh, first time, obviously, and so uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, it's going to be a little bit different tonight. I, uh, if you want me to maybe come back and do more of a Bible study type message, maybe I can come back at another time, but I, I just want to just kind of talk with you guys, and, and, uh, and, and Mitch mentioned to me, hey, Jeff, why don't you just share with them, if you had the opportunity to share with your 20-something self, what would you say? I'm like, oh, that's a great place to start. And, and I, because it encompasses with me, it encompasses something different. Um, it's because I was lost until I was, you know, 21, almost 22. And so I remember what that was like. You know, um, my wife, Martha, who's with me tonight, she came to the Lord at a younger age. And so she has no recollection of what her life was like without the Lord in it. I still remember. Um, I, I have great pictures of, 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 those, of who I was without him. And, and um, of course, the, the greatest thing I would tell my, myself, uh, my pre, my B.C. self, right, before Christ, is, is, um, is that, hey, Jeff, don't, don't allow, don't allow the, the religious crowd to taint your view of, of who I am. Uh, because that's, I mean, I don't know where you guys are or you guys, I just don't, I don't know. But I do know that I grew up, uh, I grew up in an era and at a time uh, in Tennessee. Uh, have any of you been to um, the the dinner with the pastor and heard, heard my story? Anybody? Okay. One, okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> so I can talk about this stuff and y'all don't have a clue. All right, so... I, I grew up in a real, in Tennessee, so I grew up in a real, it was a religious area. I know that, that seems foreign to you, but it was, I don't remember anyone in my life, at my school, in my neighborhood that didn't go to church. And, but, but remember this, that didn't mean, mean they were believers, right? That just meant that they went because there was this cultural pressure to go. And so I, I just, I, I got real bummed out with the whole thing, right? Uh, because there was a whole lot of issues in the church that I was a part of, my parents were a part of. Now, I, I did all the stuff, guys. I, you know, I, and if you'd have asked me at 2021, if I was a Christian, I would have said, sure. You know, I mean, what else is there? You know, I'm not Jewish, and I'd never heard of Islam at the time, you know, where I was. And so, um, and, and there weren't any atheists, so yeah, I, I was, yeah. But I, and I think a lot of people were like me. Um, in fact, I know a lot of people were like me. But, but I, I, I would, because I, I allowed, because anyway, this church that I was a part of, and I did all the stuff, right? You know, I went forward in the service, I went to the class, you know, I went to the class. And, uh, but that, I mean, I went to the class, you know, he asked me if a Christian, well, I went to the class, you know? And so, and I was, you know, I went to, you know, the catechisms and the, and the baptisms and I did all of the stuff. And, and so if that's what makes you a follower, then I was one, but that's not what makes you a follower. Right. So, so I, you know, I, it was interesting because my senior year of high school, which not many of you are far from that. Um, there was this girl in my high school um, that she, her name was Dorothy, and she, uh, she lived for the Lord. Let me tell you what, guys, don't ever underestimate just living for him. Uh, evangelism is more about who you are than what you do. I'm telling you. And living for him, I mean, because this girl, I mean, you know, everybody around my, in my senior class had 400 and something in my senior class. And, <clears throat> and all of us would have told you we were Christian, but, you know, she was one, right? She actually lived what she said she believed. And so, so I don't know. I, 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 
she ta- we talked, you know, I, we changed classes. So we talked for five minutes a day. And, you know, and she would talk about Jesus like, like she knew him. You know, for me, it was just this religious thing that you go sit in church and you go through all the motions and, you know, and that's, that's all you do. And so, um, but it was different with her. So anyway, I went off to school and this is what I'd say to my lost self is what I'm starting now. I'm going to get through this pretty quickly because I'm, I'm figuring that a good majority of you are believers, but there may be a whole lot of you in here that are like me that you've been in church so long that you just think you are a believer, but there's never actually been a, a new creation event that's happened in your life, right? It's what, what the Bible says. It means to be his, you know, and, and Jesus called it being born again. That is something is there that wasn't there before. New creation is dead in your trespasses and sin, made alive in Christ. So you have all this amazing thing that happens as, as the scriptures talk about being quickened, right? From death to life. So it's such, a, such an amazing thing. And so I always like to share this piece because I, I went off. I'd signed a scholarship to play football in college, and so I went off to play ball, and, and, and that was God little G for me. Um, and so I put everything into the sport, and it, it became, it became, I found everybody in the room, you know. C.S. Lewis, who, he can be a little heady when you read him, but his book, Mere Christianity, talked about the hole in your soul. And if you ever try to fill that with anything temporary, it'll always, it'll always leave you wanting, right? And so um, woman at the well was like that. When Jesus asked the woman at the well, it's in John 4, I believe, Jesus asked her, you know, go call your husband. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, well, yeah, you've had five. And the guy you're living with is not even your husband. So was Jesus trying to embarrass her or judge her? No, absolutely not. She was, he was trying to get her in touch, that she was looking to fill the deepest needs inside of her life with relationships, thinking if I just found that perfect relationship, everything would be great, right? Said nobody who's ever been married. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. You're not going to. Why? Because that person, whoever they are, they don't have what it takes to come through for you. You're looking, what is it about us that longs for something permanent, and yet nothing in this life is permanent? It's because of the way you were created. It is an amazing thing. And so anyway, so I went off to play, um, and, and long story, but three surgeries later, um, you know, two and a half years, three surgeries later, I, was, I couldn't play anymore. And I want to tell you this piece because sometimes people who, who see me do what I do, or especially like on Sundays and they see you, and this is why I usually share a little bit of this at the dinner with the pastor because I really like people to know, and this is the reason I'm sharing with this, is that when football was gone, I, I was your typical 20-year-old that, you know, I, I had some real tendencies because football was a game that's a lot of contact, right, aggressive. And so all of a sudden that was gone, and so it left me this, you know, this pent-up. And, and so I just started doing stupid things, you know, drinking picked way up, just the whole scene of, like, I don't care, whatever, whatever, whatever. Anyway, I came back home, and my mom invited me to, um, my mom invited me to, to go to the Christmas program, and you know, I kind of thought to myself, well, that's benign, and so I went with her. This, this is why the Christmas program here is such a big deal to me, right? I, because I came to a Christmas program, and when I would probably have never gone to anything else. Because I not only had an ambivalence toward who God was, I was anti-God in church. I didn't want anything to do with it. 
And so anyway, um, so that's why I love the one that's done here. Um, and I was talking earlier with um, London and and um, Kara. I don't know where they are, but they they helped put it put a lot of the stuff that was done up there. Why? Because listen to me. Because guys like me, you can invite to go to a Christmas program, and they may actually go. Well, anyway, I show up at this Christmas program, and I look up in there, right? And there was Dorothy, the girl from high school. Right? Hadn't seen her in years. Didn't even live in the same town. Three hours away is where I lived. I was so glad to see her. You know, just a positive person from your past when you're doing stupid things. It's amazing. Like, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. So I talked with her afterwards, and, and she invited me to come to church with her. And I said, yes. Now, isn't that amazing? She was the only person. I want you to hear this because she was the same age as I was. Many of the age of, the, of those of you who are in here. And it was several years later. I hadn't seen her since high school. And she, she was who she was supposed to be all the time, right? And so when she asked me, she was the only person on the planet at the time that I would said, yeah, I'll go with you, right? Does that make sense? Why? Because she lived what she said she believed. And so even though I didn't know anything about what she was talking about, I went. And so series of events after that, um, I started listening to this guy at church, and he was real plain about the scriptures. He taught in a real way that everybody that you could understand, and it wasn't but a few months before I, I, I put my faith and trust in him, and then he changed me, and it, then things began to happen after that. And so it's, it's, a, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing journey because you never know how God's going to use you, right? If you're his, he is going to use you. But more than likely, it won't be in the way you plan to be used. It's just, I mean, Dorothy didn't plan any of that. She just was being who, who God wanted her to be. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, chance, coincidence, I run into her. And, and, and it's, it's just amazing because you see the Lord's kind of hand and all that. But, but I, that, I, that's what I would tell my my BC Jeff, right? I would tell him, you know, tell him, listen, you're not going to find, you're not going to find what you're looking for and all that stuff you were running after, right? You, you, you think you think you do, and but it, it it ends up real, real empty, right? And um, and you know, and I would tell my other, my old self too, hey, you don't have to hit rock bottom, you know, before. <laughs> Before, before you make, before you, before you, before you look up, right? Uh, that would be another thing. But, but most of what I'm going to share with you tonight is, is what I would share to, to my life as a believer. Um, I am a, and it all has to do with, with your understanding, my understanding. I wish I would have gotten it quicker. Uh, is, is, is your understanding of grace. If you can ever get a true understanding of just what's been done for you, it changes everything. I knew it when I became a believer because I understood that, you know, understanding that I'm a sinner, that's, that was never my issue like it is today. Y'all know what I'm saying? It was never an issue with me. But, but understanding that it's not about my performance, Right? It's not about my being, you know, you know, I've decided, you know, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to be religious. Well, okay, well, I stink at that, by the way. By the way. Um, but it wasn't any of that. Um, he just, he started to work and then all of a sudden I found strength over things that I never had strength over before. And therefore, not, and that's because of his grace, not because of anything that's found in me. Let me tell you what I'm talking about because my whole life, uh, up to that point had been about competition, right? Working hard, achieving. And so I'm a, I'm a competitor, right? Uh, and, and, and a performer, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, that you have to do the dance to get the hug. 
right? I'll let you put that in your, in your vocabulary, right? You need acceptance. So what dance do I have to do to get the acceptance, right? So I always just call it, what dance do you have to do to get the hug, right? And so, and so understanding that that's the way pretty much life is here, right? But remember, when you understand God's acceptance and love for you is that it's, you already have it, right? If you're his. And listen to me, there's not one thing you can do tonight or in the next weeks, right, that will make you any more accepted, right? Now, now please don't answer these. These are rhetorical questions. Please don't answer them out loud. I'm afraid you'll get it wrong, wrong and look real silly, right? All right, so... How does, how does a person get close to God? Don't answer it, right? How does a person get close to God? There's only about 100 books on, on, on Amazon about that, right? Are you ready for this? There's only one thing that gets you close to God, and that's what Christ did for you at the cross. And you will never be more close to him than you are right now. So you don't have to go out and do the dance to get the bigger hug from him. You've already got the hug. And if you can ever learn to rest in that, boy, it makes everything different. You know, I used to lie, especially I ever became a believer because I don't do much halfway. And so, I mean, I went after this Jesus thing, you know, because he changed me and I was, I was rabid, right? I was whatever it took, you know, and, 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 and then all of a sudden, I began to learn that I have responsibilities as a believer and all that, and, you know, evangelism and everything. And so I got back into the, into the performance mode. I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, you know. If you have one quiet time a day, you can have two. If you have two, you can have three, and that'll make you closer to God, and and, and what happened was, somewhere along the line, I began to think that, that the, the building of God's kingdom was somehow up to me and what I did. You know, you know Lord, if I, if I don't do what you want me to do, then, then Lord, your kingdom's going to fall apart, you know, or something like that. And, and, and you live in a time like what we've been talking on Sundays here about Elijah, where you guys, it's just why this group encourages me because you're living in a time when, when being a believer is, 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 I won't say it's not the end thing, but it's not even, it's not even in the ballpark, right? And so, but I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I worked myself to death. I, fall in, I fell into a group of, of, performers, believers who were performers, and we kept each other accountable, right? And it, it was just burdensome. And then all of a sudden, I lost the joy, right? I lost the joy of what it meant to be a believer because I had all of these lists of rules that everybody else told me, if, oh, if you're going to grow in your faith, then you have to do this and this and this and this. And so, you know, Jeff would hear what you said and then try to double it, you know, and all of a sudden I got real tired and, and I got real in prayer, just Lord, I can't do this. And because every time I would do something, then I would just ratchet it up, right? But but this whole thought, guys, of, of grace is that, is that how does a person become a believer? The scripture is very clear. By grace, through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, so nobody can go out and brag. So then how does someone live for him? Are you ready? Same way. By grace, through faith. You know, I have found out, even being a pastor, right? 
I have found out that that nothing good is going to happen unless he he does it through me. And and so I'm dependent on him. Right? Why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think that the Bible puts so much emphasis on faith, trust, faith, trust, faith, trust, faith, trust? Because that's what unlocks right his work in your life. And understanding that, now, now some of you say, well, you know, Jeff, there are some times that I feel closer to God than others. Oh, I get that feel. See the word? Feel? Right? You also, another thing I'd say to my early self, don't, don't trust all the time in how you feel. Because you can have Mexican food and that can mess you up, right? <laughs> you know, Mexican, you know, if it's all about how you feel, then Mexican food just wrecked your, your spiritual life? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, y'all get it. Y'all get it. So, so it's not about how you feel. It's about the fact of what Christ has done for you and that you are his. Right? And if you are his, he's promised to actively at work, to, to be at work in you, as the scriptures would say, forming you into the likeness of his son. So that's his work. You, gotta, you have got about as much chance as being like Christ by your own effort as you did becoming a believer by your own effort, right? It's his work in you. It's his work in you. It's his work in you. And there were years, there were years, years that I understood and I taught it. I taught by grace through faith. But then somehow I fell off and, and fell into the ditch of thinking, yeah, but if I'm going to grow in my faith, it's up to me. And, and it was years. It was years. Some of the hardest times. Um, I mean, Martha will tell you, I was, I was a student pastor for 10 years. And, and this, these group of teenagers, they were my responsibility, right? And so I started doing everything. Right? Everything. And I was like this 100 mile an hour guy. And, you know, you know, you can rest when you're dead kind of guy. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, I did everything. And, and, I mean, praise the Lord, he landed on it. And a lot of cool things happened. But eventually, I, I, I hit the wall. I was 33 years old. I've been in ministry, I don't know, and I hit the wall. Scared everybody. Um, I wound up in room 326 of St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, uh, Numbness and tingling and lack of concentration. Um, I could go over all the symptoms. And so some of you are in the medical profession. Some of those are symptoms of something being really wrong. So they put me in the hospital and started checking everything out and found out nothing. Not anything wrong with you. Somewhere along, because I somewhere along the line, I had started trusting in my own power and strength. And I really do believe the Lord let me run out of gas to teach me that I needed to trust Him for the gas. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, guys. I'm not saying to you, you're going to learn this one overnight. Because some of you are hard-headed like I am. You're going to have to run into the wall before you learn it. But the cool part about it is, he's at work in your life to teach you. And he's going to teach you if you're his, right? Now, some of you may relate to me. Some of you say, well, you know, Jeff, I'm a little more laid back. I'm a little more whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, It's still his work, right? And... I could go on forever because these are the things that, that are. But the, but the one that, that I want to light on is finishing up with this, just this thought. And then I'm going to ask if you have any questions because I, I, if you have questions, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear them. And please don't ask me if, 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 if I think Adam had a belly button, all right? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to answer it. You need to talk to Mitch about that. He knows. <laughs> all right, all right. 
And so um, the thing I want to end with was this, was the story of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha, um, Jesus came to their house, right? And, and Martha got up and, you know, she was making every, sure everything was perfect. I mean, you know, she was cooking and she cleaned everything. You know, Jesus is coming to dinner, right? And, and, and so she's doing her absolute best. And so she's in there and Jesus is sitting in there. And, and then her sister is sitting on the floor uh, listening to Jesus and asking questions, right? And then, like all performers do, um, she starts getting upset that she's doing all the work and her sister is sitting in there. And so she goes into Jesus and she says, you know, don't you care that I'm having to do all this by myself, right? And tell my sister to, to help me. And Jesus makes a great statement. He says, um, he says, you know, Martha, Martha, you know, you're so worried and anxious about so many things. But Mary has chosen the better, and it will not be taken from her. Well, what was he, what's he teaching us there? Right? What's he teaching us? It's that it's, it's better to know Jesus than to serve him. I, I think that's what it's saying, right? Now, is there anything wrong with serving him? Of course not. In fact, the scripture says the greatest among us will be the servants of all. So we know there's nothing wrong with that. But it will never replace. And you see, for a guy like me, it's like, you know, let's, let's serve him, you know. And then you can't help if you're a competitor. You can't help but look around, see how everybody else is serving, see if you're doing it better. Right? I mean, if you're like me. If you're not like me, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But, but there's this drive that somehow this is up to me. Um, and then, but the greatest part is learning to trust him. And then the more you know him, the more you trust him. So then how do you get to know him? Spending time in his word, right? Prayer. And that is the one thing that I would encourage you in that, that I kind of had from the beginning. Um, like I told you, I mean, I don't know if I had the right reasons, but when I became a believer, everything was so changed, was so changing, um, it was so changing that I, you know, I started reading the Bible like a wild man, right? Just all the time. I, I, I got through the, I don't know, it was a handful of months and I got through the New Testament, I don't know, a dozen times or more. But you have to remember how I was, but even, even in all that craziness, it started planting in me and growing. And, um, and then I got, to, I got to know him. And then, guys, I got to also see that what I'd always been taught about who he was versus who he really was was different, right? And so, uh, so I, I, I just began to grow, began to grow. And, um, and it was just, I don't know, it was just one of those Wonderful things. I, I, and then, the, and then the Lord was so good to bring somebody like Martha into my life because you got to remember, guys, dating was something for me that was always lost. You know, I was lost, and the person I dated was always lost. So it was a train wreck to begin with, if you might know. You know, and so I didn't even know. I didn't even know what that was all about. In fact, I didn't date anybody after I became a believer for the longest time, and. Um, and then, and then the Lord brought Martha into my life. Um, we, I didn't get married till I was 27 or a month before I was 27, but I become a believer at 21 and I didn't date one person, not one person that whole time because I don't know, um, that messed up so much. I didn't want any part of it. Right. And I know a lot of people are anxious about those type things, but when it comes down to it, I've just found that the, in the end, 
Lord, Lord's going to, if you're his, he's going to bring you to the path of the people that he wants in your life. It's just kind of, it's kind of like Dorothy being, you know, I being at the, at the very church, she's singing in the Christmas program. I mean, I couldn't have arranged that if I tried and wouldn't have if I, if I could. Oh, that's just in, interesting stuff. So anyway, so the biggest thing to me um, is grace because when there's grace, there's come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. But I have to admit, when I hit the wall in the hospital and all that stuff, rest was the least thing that was in my life. So some things really had to change. Lord, I'm going to have to trust you here. And for those of you that are very talented, right? And there are a handful of you that I would call very talented. Uh, I don't know you. But remember, don't trust your talents. Uh, if you trust your talents, then he's going to teach you not to trust them. And it's always a painful affair. <laughs> All right? Is that what I'm saying? It's kind of like your strength. I'm, I, was, I was pretty strong-willed. Uh, just ask Martha, right? Pretty strong-willed, you know, and therefore trusting in myself. Well, he had to teach me. I couldn't trust in myself so that I could learn to trust him. Am I making sense? So it's, it's that active work. But the most important part is that you're his, right? I found out if you're his, then the rest is going to take care of itself. Right? He's going to make sure of it. Why? Because he, he loves you perfectly. Right? I don't know. It's just wonderful stuff. So anyway, so that, those were the things that came to my heart and mind. Uh, just, just thinking about what I would have shared with my 20-something self, both B.C. and then after Christ, right? Uh, it became, the, became those, those things. All right? Uh, so I, I, this is pretty informal. I'll lock that, by the way. Um, and uh, so uh, anybody... Um, Anybody have anything you'd like to, I don't even know what to do, Mitch. We never said what I do now, all right? Um, I mean, I could, usually, yeah, ask questions, yeah. Usually it's, let's have a word of prayer, and then I'll walk off. But uh, anyway. Okay, perfect. Nobody asks questions, then I'm done, all right? Good, all right. All right anybody have thoughts, questions, questions you have for me? Not about even what we're talking about tonight, or it might be, or personally. Uh, uh, whichever. If you if you don't, that's great. But if you do, yes, sir. If you had one solid book uh, you would recommend to someone to read, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Other than the Bible, right? That's a fantastic <laughs> question. Fantastic question. Uh, you know, um, uh, there's 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 one that I already mentioned. Uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, especially for those of you that are given. Or if you're always asked questions, you know, by, by the skeptics of our day, mere Christianity is as good a book as there is. The other one is one you've never heard of, but ah, it just made such difference in my life. Um, it's, called the, it's called The Pursuit of God, and the author is A.W. Tozer. And he's, oh, y'all know him. Wow. <laughs> you know, I thought it was out of print. I thought he was dust. I still have the old frayed one. I bet I've read it 10 times. Uh, you know, the first chapter of Tozer's book, uh, Pursuit of God, is, here it is, the blessedness of possessing nothing. And, and that was life-changing for me, right? It just, it was, it was just absolutely just, just, just life, that's life-changing. So anyway, that, that's the other one. And then, um, let me think. I've got lots, but those are the two that hit my mind uh, first. Um, well, you have two. <laughs> you have to. You have to. I mean, I've loved biographies. I, I get real encouragement, so I can go into all those. Uh, George Whitfield's biography is wonderful. Uh, it's a little, little long. Um, uh, I love reading about some of the, some of the guys, you know, um, that, and gals that had such an impact through the year. Anyway, so, yeah. All right, anybody else? Yes, sir. Um, at what point and in what way did 
Yeah, that's a great question. I didn't finish the story there uh, uh, because I didn't want to go too long on that one because I had other things I wanted to tell you. But after I became a believer, I, I became part of the church. And, and what had happened is that um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I don't know if y'all are familiar, y'all are familiar with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they had picked up on the difference that had been made in my life. And so uh, I had moved back. I moved to Memphis, Tennessee at the time uh, to go to the church. I'd left school and gone back. In, uh, uh, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes had, um, had started using me to speak to public high schools. And, and all, I, all I did was just share with them some of what I shared with you. And, um, and so I never saw myself as a speaker, by the way. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm more introverted. I, I, I know that sounds real strange. I'm not shy, but I, I'm not, I'm like Martha's extroverted. All four of my kids are extroverted. I'm the only one, right, uh, that, I mean, when my four kids and Martha get together, I mean, they talk over each other to see who's, who can get the floor, <laughs> All right, y'all know what I'm saying, all right? Because and those of you who are extroverts know what I'm talking about. But I'm just not that, I'm not that guy. And so I never saw myself speaking in front of people, ever. I was in a communications class because it was mandatory. I have a business degree, by the way. From, I finished at Memphis, administrative management. And so you had to take this communications class to graduate. And, um, and you had to... You had to speak in front. I, I got so nervous and so, and and it, all you had to do was was stand up. And I guess the class was a little less than who's in here. And and I'll never forget it. It was it was that um, Patrick Henry. These are the times that try men's souls. You know, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will at times shrink from the surface of his country. Anyway, so. What they wanted you to do is just stand up and just share it in a interesting, in a, in a powerful communications class. And I was just, I was mortified. I'd stand up in front of them. And, um, and the professor told me, uh, Mr. Parrish, right, uh, I'm going to give you a complimentary C. <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, that means, okay, this is not your major. So I'm going to give you the grade to get out of here because I don't want you back in my class. All right. I was not the speaker. I was, that was not who I ever was. And, but then FCA, I started speaking to these public high schools. And I knew them, right? I knew those guys. Uh, I didn't know them by name, but I knew them. And then, um, and then they put me in charge of... Uh, of, a, of a, an FCA at a, at a school in Memphis, Tennessee, inner city, Memphis, Tennessee, Washington Carver High School. And, uh, and I did that for a year. And to answer your question, I had to kind of give you some preface before it, but to answer your question is, I fell in love. Minute, I mean, I hadn't been a believer but a year, right? But I fell in love with a group of kids that nobody cared about. Right, it was an inner city minority area, and I'd go to their games and I'd bring them stuff, you know, and and they loved me, I loved them, I'd do anything for that group of group of kids, and you know, and then somebody at the church said to me, you know, Jeff, if, if you're going to do ministry, you're going to have to go to school, and I mean, I was told, you know, I said, I hate school. I mean, I mean, I know some of you are educators, and I don't mean anything by it, but I, I, I just don't like, I don't, I hate school. And so that's when I enrolled in seminary, right, and show up at this place, right? And, and I had no idea what I was walking into. Uh, I walked in the first day, you know, and I have, I have my jeans and my T-shirt and my flip-flops and and. Like I went to class, like every day, you know, and so, and, and you walk up to this seminary, and you know, and they've got their little suits and ties and little briefcases and their little haircuts, and I was like, 
<laughs> Hadn't been a believer but a year, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like the old phrase, Toto, I'm not in Kansas anymore, you know, <laughs> and so, and I was the guy, right? I was the guy that would sit in class and say, you know, and ask the, ad, you know, the Adam and belly button questions. <laughs> I mean, I was that guy because, I mean, I didn't, I needed to go because I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know, and I needed to know. So I got taught a whole lot of things. It took me three years. And, but anyway, and then after that, I went into student ministry and was there for 10 years. So anyway, but that's kind of, but see, my road is different from every person in the room. In reality, if you're a believer, uh, you are in the ministry, right? Every one of you, every last one of you. That was another thing I was going to tell you too. Another thing I would, I would, I would tell my, my younger self, as soon as you can, get out of the, I want to go because it's what I need and get into the mode of, I want to go so I can meet needs. Because whenever you flip that one around, then you, then, you stop, then you stop thinking, being disappointed, oh, this is not what I need. Okay, once you get out of that mode, it, it clears up a whole lot of stuff. All right, anyway, I'm sorry. I had a whole lot I want to share with you. I have not. So anyway, that was just one I had to throw back out there. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. For a what? You guys, um, I would say the, 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 the biggest thing is, that, is the battle for your mind. I mean, <laughs> I think I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't go, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't tell you how thrilled it makes me because, because I, you know, I've had four kids go through all these university systems, and some of you are in them, and it just seems like all of us designed uh, to to mold you into a worldly model, you know, and the pressure that's put on you to be that way. And I can promise you, um, do not, this is probably the one advice I'd have for you today, do not try to add the worldly way of our world with your life as a believer and try to make them walk. You're either going to be his or you're not. And they will never marry one another, right? And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to screw it up because you are, right? But, but trying to say, well, you know, the political correct way to say it is this, and this is what scripture, but somehow maybe I can. No, I've just found let, let the word speak. Let God's word speak. Let it be what it is. And that's what I'm going to go with. So that would probably be, I, I have no idea what you guys, I mean, we didn't have the instant talking. We didn't have the. We didn't have the butchery of someone's self-esteem online by somebody anonymous. I didn't even know what that was, right? And um, so I have no idea kind of the tough things you guys face. Um, but I know it's there. Because I've had four kids, and most all of them are your guy, you guys' age. What are, what are they, 23, 25, and 20, no, 23, 26, and 28, and then the older one's 31, so she's probably past y'all's age. But, so I, I still get that. I still see that. We still understand those things. So anyway, it's really terrible, hon. I could be every one of these people's parents. <laughs> okay. Anyway, another question? Yes, ma'am. Would you tell someone about your dating relationship with Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you're gonna, you would get a lot better if she came up here and shared. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you my version. I, I kind of gave up. Uh, I kind of gave up on that because um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, anyway, so uh, I was, well, you know, as my mind's trying to get there, I just remember there just, it, it, it not even being radar screen to me. Um, and, and so, and, and I had been set up several times, you know, because there's always, there's always a lady in the church 
who has a niece. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so, and I did do that a couple of times. I went out a couple of times, but they were all disasters, right? And so, so I stopped any of those things. And so, but what actually happened with Martha and I, I was, um, I was still in seminary and I was, um, I was in charge of the youth ministry, the, the junior high ministry at a, at a larger church, right? And, um, and I was a, an in, what you, you would got called, y'all would call it intern because I was still full-time at school. And so in the summers I had off uh, from school. And so I put all my efforts. And so we went to, we went to youth camp, right? Which is about to happen, I think, with a whole lot of you. Um, by the way, I can't tell you how big an impact. Um, the biggest struggle that comes into a believer's life now comes the minute they graduate from high school, right? And they go off on their own, and most of them absolutely lose their minds, right? And if a lot of you are going to camp, I would just encourage you to encourage the seniors, you know? Come be a part. Oh, this is really cool, you know? Anyway, back to where I was. So in the summer, uh, Martha was the, um, she was the summer intern, at, for the junior high ministry. I wasn't in charge of the whole youth ministry. We had a guy who was in charge of everything. And so he had hired Martha and several. So we, we worked together a whole summer, and it was pretty. There's a lot more details to that I'm sure Martha could tell you. But, I, uh, but, that, but after you worked the whole summer, and then I was able to see, um, I was able to see her absolute commitment to the Lord, right? Um, and so, and she saw it in me, of course, uh, you know, she'd already been around in the student. She was in the student ministry, so she kind of knew some of that. But, but it was just it, it, it was pretty obvious after that uh, that that um, uh, I mean, God had to work out some stuff because she went. Uh, her parents were moving moving to Ber- Berlin, and uh, and that's Germany, and uh, and so um, her dad was a was a Pan Am pilot, and so got transferred over there. And so then there was this, Lord, gosh, I feel like, Lord, that's who you wanted, but but you took her over there, you know? And so, um, so anyway, but there's there's a lot longer story there. So if you want to know it, Martha will tell you. Right. Anybody else? All right. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. I had so much fun sharing with you guys. And so, uh, Godspeed, God bless. So let me pray for you, and then, Mitch, come on up. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I pray for the, the faces that are looking at me and, and, uh, and the hunger that I see in their eyes for you. And uh, it's a thrill, Lord. And so um, I pray. I pray for them uh, as fervently as I know how. God, um, Bless them with the closeness of your presence and uh, the understanding to trust you. And, uh, and God, use them in such a way as that you'll receive the most glory. And uh, for those that are in the room that may not know if they know you yet, um, uh, Lord, I, just, I pray for them, God, that like me, uh, when I was their age, God, you'll just open their eyes and let them see. And so, God, this time is yours, and we know if anything good has happened tonight, Lord, we know it's because of you. And, uh, and Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. All right. Well, with that being said, um, uh, I kind of want to just end on that note. I just want to share two other things that kind of came to my heart when Pastor Jeff was answering your guys' questions and kind of bring some stuff to light. Um, how he said the battle for your mind is probably one of the biggest things. He prays for you guys and all that type of stuff. That's a great plug, so thank you. Um, because we are closed next week because of camp, but the week after, we are actually going to be talking about the frameworks of this world. You guys asked a lot of questions about CRT um, and all these movements that kind of popped up a lot in 2020, um, but have been around for decades. We just never realized it. Um, and it kind of came to a head in 2020 and then on. So that, so two Thursdays from tonight is when we'll meet again back in here. And that's actually what we're going to hit. 
So pretty much, it, if I gave it a title, it would be the battle for your mind. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about. And um, so really, like Romans chapter 12, the first few verses in that, you know, don't conform to this world, but transform and renew your mind on the word. And that's really the heartbeat behind what we're going to be talking about. Um, but also with that said, I love that you asked about books because um, we are getting slowly further and further along with that side room. And I actually have one bookcase, which is very small. If you know my habit for buying books, you can ask Jess. Um, but we're filling it up and I'm creating a library for you guys from uh, theology to devotionals to Bibles. Um, there's ESV versions. I bought some CSB because that's what I preach out of. So you guys can use those to follow along or take home if you don't have a Bible. But I'm creating a library for you guys over there. Um, because I know reading is the, is the life stem, and Charles Spurgeon says, visit many books but live in the Bible. And so I love that quote of, of read other people, but use it to help you strive in your walk with Christ. Um, and with that being said, uh, we normally do kind of small group time. If you have the need for that, continue to just talk at your tables. But if not, I think I kind of just want to end on that note. Um, hang out some more with Pastor Jeff and Martha, and even Jen is here tonight, which uh, Jen is awesome, and she has um, a lot of wisdom already. So um, just hang out with these people. They're part of our church. They're, they're what makes it kind of tick, and um, they're awesome. So other than that, uh, you guys are free to hang out, talk with one another, find encouragement with each other. But more importantly, if there are uh, eternal questions or thoughts on your heart tonight, don't leave here without confronting that. Don't leave here tonight without not knowing that you're his. I mean, we want you to meet Christ. As, as our church says, for who he is and what he came to do. Um, and so if you've been struggling through that or if you have no idea if you are saved or not, that's my whole sole reason for being here. That's Pastor Jeff's reason for being here. Martha, that's all of our reasons for being here hanging out with you guys. There's not just us either. There's people in this room that have walked the life and have been walking and, and, are, and can be there to encourage you. And if they're your friend, they brought you, talk to them. Don't leave here tonight without talking to somebody. Um, and then I'll shamelessly plug one more thing of, there's a prayer box back there. If you want to, if you need it, if you have prayer and you have a desire for someone to pray for you, I pray over those every Friday morning. Um, so leave it in there. No one else will see it. I'll see it. I'll pray over it. And then I keep it in the lock. So you're golden. <laughs> but um, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Um, just hang out, have fun. And yeah, that's it. That's it for me for tonight. So uh, amen. Whistle.